0: We'll get right into it so it's going to be a good night and uh look at your neighbor real quick and say it's going to be a good night Lord's going to speak to us Jack yeah I just kind of want to um, you know I, I don't have any notes but I have a I got two bibles here two different translations so I just I want to hang out in first Corinthians chapter 12 and 14. And most likely, unless I just get led somewhere else, I should only read from those two chapters if I, if I choose to read anything. And uh, I want to talk about spiritual gifts, and then I believe that the Holy Spirit will come and do, do different things among us. Because one, here's one thing I know about the Holy Spirit is He loves to confirm His Word. And, and, and I believe that the Holy Spirit is constantly looking for people that will partner with him in what he wants to do. And when we are bold about proclaiming his word, whether it be in church or outside of the church, when we're going to talk about his word, he, is, he, want, he, he will show up to confirm that word that's coming forth. And so I believe that he'll show up tonight to confirm whatever we're learning and the things that we're talking about. And we'll get into it. So I want, to, I want to talk specifically tonight about spiritual gifts. And it's something that I've taught on so much that when I thought about how should I deliver this, I sort of tried to just erase my mind best I could. And so I'm coming in with nothing except Bible verses. And I just hope that uh, we go in a particular direction that the, that the Holy Spirit would want to go. So, uh, so let's just pray together. Let's wait on the Lord a minute. Let's just ask Him to invade this space and, and do whatever He wants to do. Father... We're grateful to you tonight, and I'm so thankful, God, for your children, your people. Lord, and you've, uh, you've called us into your, into your body, and we are the body of Christ, and you've made us all to drink of one Spirit, the Scripture says. And so, Holy Spirit, we give you free reign tonight, and uh, I pray that you would manifest in hearts and in minds tonight like you never have before that you would activate people in, in the gifts of the Spirit, in the life of the Spirit, that you would baptize people tonight in your Spirit, even as they're listening, the same way that, uh, Holy Spirit, you fell on Cornelius and his household in the book of Acts just when the Word of God was being preached, Lord, that you would fall on people tonight. And Lord, the truth is, in these last days, you are looking to equip a church that is full of your love and is full of your power it's going to be able to minister the gospel to people, not just in word, but in deed and in power. And when we preach and when we teach, it's not just with persuasive words of man's wisdom, but it's in demonstration of the spirit and of power. And so, Lord, we believe that you are still at work and you're doing miracles, you're doing signs and wonders to confirm your kingdom. And, and tonight we just want your body to be equipped and strengthened and we want to learn And Holy Spirit, we open our hearts, we open our minds to you so that you'll speak to us, you'll speak through us. And Lord, the whole body will be edified and built up and encouraged and comforted the way that you designed it to be, God. And we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Y'all feel good? All right. First Corinthians 12, we're going to talk about spiritual gifts. Let's just read the first verse or two and we'll go through several things here and just see what happens. Uh, Chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. I like that, dumb idols in the New King James Version. Uh, So these first two verses, concerning spiritual gifts. Now, he's saying specifically, concerning these spiritual gifts. Now, this is a Greek word, and actually, this word is a little bit different than where you'll see gifts in other places. This word is actually this word called pneumatikos. And I know y'all don't much care about Greek words, but it's going to make sense when I tell you, right? So it comes from the word pneuma. Anybody ever heard of a pneumatic drill? Right? You have a pneumatic drill, it means what? That it's, it's, it's wind-powered, right? It's powered by air, it's breath. And in, in the Greek language, pneuma is the word for both breath and spirit, And what he's really saying here is concerning spiritual things or concerning things that are empowered by the breath of God's spirit or concerning things that have to do when God breathes on you and empowers you to do something. He says, I would not have you ignorant. Now, I want you to understand, because this this church, the Corinthian church, they were a church that, man, they believed in the power of God. It said that they came behind in no gift. Like, they were operating in miracles. There were tongues and interpretation in their church. They were prophesying. Healing was taking place. But Paul is addressing them because they got a lot of people that's coming out of pagan backgrounds, and they don't know how it should be ordered and structured, so they get a little crazy every now and then. And, and if you think about it, when you, when you think about spiritual gifts, now, there really are two, two main groups of people in my mind, and the first group are those people like he just said. He says, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now, the word ignorant literally means no knowledge, right? That's what it means. It means you just don't know about a particular thing. But the root word of it is literally to ignore. And to ignore means that I choose to have no knowledge concerning that thing. And most of the church, what they actually do is because they're afraid and they cannot control spiritual gifts because it is a move of God and not a move of man, they get afraid of it and they choose to have no knowledge concerning spiritual gifts and things that are empowered by the breath and the wind of the Spirit. And see, Jesus even said, whenever you're born of the Spirit, He said, you don't know where the wind's coming from, you don't know where it's going, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Because sometimes when the Spirit is moving, you have no idea when He's going to show up, how he's going to show up, what he's going to choose to do. And honestly, when you are really in certain circumstances with the Christian church, and even when you're in public, you're sort of just trying to put a sail up to catch which wind, which direction the wind is blowing. Okay, And you know what that takes? That takes a lot of faith. And sometimes it is scary because you don't know what people will do. And even in churches that believe in spiritual gifts, what happens is, anytime you start teaching about spiritual gifts, you will attract some crazy people. Anybody amen me? Because some people just want to get crazy. And so you've got two different groups in the church primarily. One group is they just ignore the gifts altogether. I've even seen where churches will teach on spiritual gifts. And they leave the 12 gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 out totally. And I'm thinking, well, you're talking about the gifts, but you're not talking about manifestation gifts. You're talking about ministry gifts. You're talking about teachers. And then they say, well, the knowledge is just people who have a lot of knowledge. That's not a gift. That's a man who studied a lot. So there's a big difference there. But because they don't want to explain it and have to deal with it and have to clean up messes, then they're not very interested in getting involved in it. You know, there is a, there is a proverb I like, and I believe it ties in with spiritual gifts. It says that where, where no oxen are, the crib is clean, but much increases by the strength of the ox. In layman's terms, he's saying if you don't have an ox in the barn, you won't have to clean up any poop. But if you don't have an ox in the barn, you ain't going to get no work done. Does that make sense? The point being is, we need the power of God. We need the gifts of the Spirit. But every now and then, when you have the gifts of the Spirit, you're going to have to clean some stuff up every now and then because people will mess up. Amen. Human beings. But let me ask you something. Does does the fact that we can't control the move of the Spirit or the fact that sometimes people are going to get it wrong and sometimes it may even cause confusion in people's lives and some people won't understand it, does that give us the right to say, God, we're smarter than you, we'll just leave these spiritual gifts out. It absolutely does not. We're seeking to be more like Christ and Christ in His ministry operated in the gifts every day of His life. It was a part of His anointing. It was a part of His power because He was sent to save humanity, to seek and save that which was lost. And one of the ways that He demonstrated that, He loved all humanity, but He wasn't just trying to get them saved so they could go to heaven when they died. He was trying to restore them to their design, spirit, soul, and body. That's why he healed bodies. That's why he healed minds and emotions. That's why he he spoke words of encouragement. He had words of knowledge for people so that he could penetrate the depths of their heart. He had all these things activated in his life. And now he's saying in this same chapter in 1 Corinthians 12, they're saying now you're the body of Christ. What Christ did, now you are supposed to do that. And that's why these gifts are di- are, are, are separated to each one individually and collectively. When you come together and you let God use you, you actually become Christ in the earth. Now, we're not Jesus Christ, but together we are the body and he is the head and he is connected to us because he lives on the inside of us and he's choosing to flow through us. Amen. So he says, he says concerning these spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to have no knowledge and I don't want you to ignore them. Now, he will go into very much detail concerning how spiritual gifts should operate. One of the thoughts that I had, you'll notice that there's nine gifts here in just a minute, and there are miracles, there are healings, there's different types of things. But when you go to First Corinthians 14, he's actually going to give you, okay, now this is how it's supposed to happen when it's in church. And I read it, and for the first time ever, I thought to myself, isn't it interesting that when he talks about how these things are to be ordered in church, the only three gifts that he mentions are the vocal gifts. Because it's your tongue that will get you in the trouble the most, isn't it? He doesn't mention how discerning of spirit should operate. He doesn't mention how the word of knowledge should operate. He doesn't mention how uh, miracles or healing should operate. Like he doesn't even say this is how you should pray for the sick. The only things that he talks about in how they should operate is tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Now, we'll get into that more, but why is that? Because, but, and I'll tell you this, and, and, and we need to think about this, because most of the time when you talk to people who have, who have an issue with spiritual gifts, they don't have an issue with healing usually, or they don't even have an issue with miracles. They have an issue with, number one, tongues. And, number, and anything tied into that, which is the only thing tied into that, is interpretation of tongues. And then the other issue they have sometimes is with prophecy. Usually all the other things, you can't, I mean, it's hard for people to discern that and you don't necessarily always see that manifested real clearly and abundantly. But if a miracle happens, nobody protests usually. They're just like, praise God, a miracle happened. You know, but if somebody speaks in tongues, man, somebody's going, you know, you're going to get the religious police come out on somebody and say something. Amen. So we want to, now, here's what I believe God has called us to with all of my heart and soul, and I've wrestled with the Lord about it. We're not to be on the one extreme where we ignore the gifts and say we don't, we're not going to have them just because it's too hard and people get confused. And sometimes it even runs people off. Well, I, again, I'm not smarter than God. I hate that, that, that a pure manifestation of the Spirit would run somebody off. But you know what? If it runs them off, there were times when Jesus healed people and there were times when Jesus did certain things and it ran them off. And He ran people off by the things that He did on occasion. So I don't want to run anybody off, obviously. But my first goal is not to just get people into my church. My first goal is to serve God. My first goal is to worship God, to be obedient to God, and to do what He's called me to do. So our goal is not just to make people as comfortable as they can possibly be. Our goal is to serve and worship God. And to reach people in the best possible way. So on the other hand, we believe in gifts. We want the gifts to operate. But number two, we want those things to be in order. And one of the things that we say, and Tina came up with this saying a little bit. I don't know if she came up with it, but she was the first person I heard say it. But we want to take the spook off things. Because, you know, you can get in in, in churches that believe in the gifts. And sometimes, y'all maybe y'all have been there. I've been to churches. And it just gets crazy in some places. You know what I'm talking about? And I used to, I used to be a part, of, a part of some of that every now and then. I'd try to get my friends to come and they'd be like, man, we ain't going down there. You know what I'm saying? Because we know it's about to get wild up in there and we have no idea what's going on. Do you know that there can be a powerful move of the Spirit and nobody has to be in the floor shaking? Like nobody has to be totally losing. I'm, you know what? I'm not even against that happening. I've been in the floor shaking before. I'm not against that happening. But I'm not going to fall down in the floor just for the sake of falling down in the floor. If I'm down in the floor sudden you can rest assured the Holy Spirit put me down in the floor. I'm not just going to holler and scream and make animal noises for the sake of hollering and screaming and making animal noises. Because I, here's, if, I, if I'm operating in the spiritual gifts, I'm operating, number one, on the basis of love. Number two, is this going to build up and encourage the person that I'm ministering it to or the people that I'm ministering to? Or is it going to cause confusion and freak them out? Is this this going to scare the person or is this going to point the person to Jesus? Is this going to bring attention to me or is it going to bring attention to Jesus? After this gift happens, will people say, man, that was really weird. What's wrong with that person? Or will people say, you know, that was different, but I could sense the presence of God at work. That's what we're dealing with. Is it edifying and building up the church or is it just causing people to sit back and be like, many people are a little bit weird. Now, I got to be honest with you. There are, there are so many religious strongholds that, that there, are, there are people who, if, even if they see a genuine manifestation of the spirit, especially if it's like tongues or interpretation of tongues, stuff like that. They're just going to turn off immediately, even if it's the truest, purest thing you can imagine. They're just going to turn it off because they've been raised in some kind of denominational background that's told them that's of the devil. And they're just going to turn it off. And there's really nothing you can do about that. I wish there was. Like I've wrestled with God about it. I've said, God, you know, maybe maybe I should tell people to just quit operating in the gifts altogether because it freaks people out. And the Lord's like, well, I guess you think you're smarter than me like they do then. I said, no, Lord, I'm not smarter than you. And he said, well, then obey me and quit worrying about people because you need to fear me and not fear man. And when you're especially a leader of a church or a leader of a community or a leader of a small group, the fear of man is one of the things you've got to guard against when it comes to spiritual gifts. Because if you're more afraid of what people are going to think about you and what people are going to wonder about you, now, again, discernment, because that doesn't... Just because you're not afraid of people doesn't mean you get the you get the right to do crazy stuff you understand that's there's a delicate balance in all of these things you you understand what I'm saying and and so and this is why Paul is saying, "Look, earnestly pursue the best gifts He says, pursue them, chase after them, covet these gifts but he says There's a way to do it. And number one, you got to do it through love. It's got to be about loving the people. And number two, he says, if you want spiritual gifts and you desire spiritual gifts, he says, seek that you that you operate in the gifts in such a way that everybody is built up and encouraged and edified so that when people leave, they are not like, man, I ain't never going there again. They're like something is different. Something is going on. God's in that place. And see, what, what, what ends up happening is we get people all the time, they've never heard tongues, they've never heard interpretation, maybe they've never experienced prophecy, and a lot of times when people hear tongues for the first time, they're like, whoa, what is going on? But you know what I see? What I see now, there are some people that just they just up and say, no, we ain't going back there. But most of the time, people respond, from what I've seen is, I've never experienced that, but I feel like, I feel like it was God. I feel like there was something to that. And so it doesn't scare them off. Why? Because they got an open heart. they got an open heart to what God... What God's doing. So, why does God choose to do the things that He does? I don't know. He's God. I don't get to question necessarily why He does them, but I'm open to Him doing them. And the spiritual gifts are what He gives to use us to bring the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven so that people can be pointed to Christ and His redemptive work. And it's a sign and a wonder that, look, boys, heaven, the kingdom of heaven is coming and you need to be ready and this is a foretaste of that kingdom. Healing is coming forth. Languages that you can't even understand are coming forth. God's voice is coming forth. He's speaking to His people. He's, he's edifying His people. He's building His people up. He's giving you discernment so that you can discern between good and evil in these last days. He's giving words and revelation to people so that you can understand how to operate and how to function as the body of Christ and He's breaking through in our midst. And see, He says, you you Guys were carried away to these dumb idols. That word "dumb" it just means voiceless. It means you were carried away to a god that doesn't even speak. And it's so funny because in denominations nowadays, they actually teach that if a pastor gets up, you will get kicked out of certain denominations. I'm not going to name them, even though I really uh, they they like they're like a just a they're like a thorn in my side sometimes. But they will kick you out of their denomination if you were to get up behind the pulpit and say, God spoke to me. That's a sad situation in my mind. Because if all of a sudden our God doesn't have a voice, he's probably just an idol. So he's not voiceless. He has a voice. And what we're doing, one of these things in the lab nights that we talked about, if you go back and listen to the one where we talked about hearing the voice of God, you got to slow down in order to receive from the Spirit. Spend time with God. Pray. Ask Him questions. Take a moment to be still before the Lord. And let Him let Him I I call it a download. Let Him download something into you. And and, and I think of it in terms of like one of them old computers, though. You know what I'm saying? One of them big box computers. You start downloading something, it'd be like tink, tink. It'd take forever just to go across the screen. Because sometimes you have to give God time. Now I'm not saying he can't he he will speak in an instant. But the problem is is we're not in tune always. And these are spiritual gifts. They're not natural gifts. So you have to get on his wavelength. You have to learn to move in the Spirit. You have to spend time with him. So he says, Therefore I make known to you, verse 3, No one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. In other words, he's just saying if the Holy Spirit is speaking through a person, ultimately it's going to point to Jesus Christ and his Lordship. It's not going to point to a person. It's not going to bring attention to a person or exalt a human being. It's going to point to Christ and His Lordship. Now it says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Notice this. You've got three different uh, things. So these, these gifts that we're about to talk about are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now verse 5 says, There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. Now those ministries are the five-fold ministry in Ephesians 4. Apostles, prophets. Teachers, evangelists, and pastors. Jesus, Jesus, our Lord, calls people into that fivefold ministry. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. The Spirit gives these gifts, and then lastly, it says, verse six, and there are diversities of activities, but is the same God who works all in all. If you read in Romans twelve later, you'll start to see these 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 uh, motivational gifts, if you will. You got ministry gifts, manifestation gifts. And then motivational gifts. you got mercy, giving, generosity, uh, those types of things in Romans 12 and Ephesians 4. So he breaks it down. And then he says, but it's the same God who works all in all. Now verse 7, look at this one. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Now he's saying the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every one of you all. Okay? To profit everyone. The manif- manifestation is this word in the Greek language. It's called, called phanerosis. It means to take something that is hidden and reveal it. Open it up. Take the lid off of it. Show something to you that you've not seen before. It's a manifestation. Now, now you know, when I first started reading this in the Bible, I got all pumped up, man. I was pray- Every day I'd pray right through that list of the gifts of the Spirit. I'd say, Lord, give them all to me. And I, I coveted them, man. I desired them. I wanted God to use me powerfully. And, and something that I found out early on, I was reading Matthew chapter 6, and there, there's these three things. Jesus says, hey, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who pray openly and, and, and say a bunch of long words. He said, but, he said, but go into your secret place. Go into your closet. Shut the door behind you. And he says, pray to your Father in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. That word openly is the same word, phanerosis for manifestation. So he says that for prayer, he says that for fasting, and he says that for giving. He says when you pray, when you fast, when you give, don't do it openly in front of people, he says, but do it privately and God will reward you manifestly. He will reward you with a manifestation, in other words. And I believe that with all my heart. I believe that when you pray, when you fast, when you go to God and you say, God, I want to be used in these gifts, I want you to move me. then he says, because you have sought him in private, he is going to manifest on your life in public okay and when he manifests you 're going to begin to operate in these gifts of the spirit and i remember I remember the first time when uh, when when the Holy Spirit really began to move in my life, I was praying and I I was seeking God, and the first time that I ever operated in a spiritual gift, and we're going to talk about what a manifestation really is, is I was praying, I was asking God for these gifts, and I went into a church service, and at the end of the service, it was on a Sunday night, we all got in this big circle, and we were all praying together, and it got so silent you could hear a pin drop, and I kid you not, it was like a hot bucket of liquid came over my head. My heart began to beat as hard as you could imagine, and I was on the inside, I was freaking out, to be honest with you. And I thought, I think I'm supposed to speak in tongues right now in my mind. But then, my, but then there was somebody else in my mind saying, you better not do that. You better not do that. It's going to freak everybody out. It's going to freak you out. You ain't never done this before, buddy. And I listened to that voice, which is the carnal mind. Okay, it's the carnal mind. You're going to battle with that guy. He's going to be up there telling you all kinds of weird. Every time you hear a tongue or see or see something going on spiritual, the carnal mind is going to be up in there saying, this is weird, you need to get out of here, you don't want to step out in faith, you don't want to do none of that. These people are weird. You're going to hear that guy. I still hear that guy. I get up Sunday morning and the Lord say, you need to say this to this person, that carnal mind be like, you better not. They'll say you're an idiot. And you'll hear that guy. And so guess what I did? I listened to that voice and I decided to not speak. See, you have the option. As always, the Holy Spirit will never force you to do anything that you don't choose to do. He will impress you. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will give you a strong impression. But He will never force you to do anything. And anybody who says differently, I would question whether or not it's the Holy Spirit that's at work in their life. I mean, I know sometimes you can feel compelled. Like, man, I couldn't hold it back. And that's what it feels like. It feels like you can't hold it back. And you end up yielding to it because, it, because he's pressuring you into it. But, but you have the ability. 1 Thessalonians, I believe it's 518 uh, or somewhere there about it says, do not quench the spirit. What did I do? I quenched the spirit. I said, no, Lord, I don't, I don't know about this. I'm unsure. And as soon as I did it, I felt it lift right up off of me. And I was back in my natural state. My heart wasn't beating. I didn't feel nothing. And I almost began to cry. I said, Lord, I realize now, because I've read this verse in Scripture, but I've never experienced this. I just quenched you. And I said, forgive me. I don't want to do that again. I said, I know what you wanted me to do. You want me to speak in tongues. And I know it's weird, but I'm going to do it if you come back. And as soon as I said that to him in my mind, boom, 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 boom. And it was still silent. And got, there's a crowd of 100 people there. And, I, and so, so when he came upon me, I chose As an act of my will, the Holy Spirit did not take over my tongue, but I began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave me an utterance. And this is crazy, and sometimes I don't even like saying it, and I don't even know if it's true. I'm just giving you what two witnesses said. But I spoke in tongues, and another guy interpreted it, and after that service, my pastor called me and he said, well, th- there were two people that came up to me. One of them was, a, was literally a Mexican man whose primary language was Spanish. And another one was a woman who worked at a school and taught Spanish. And both of them came up to him separately after that service and said, did you know that that boy spoke in perfect Spanish and you translated it and spoke out what it was supposed to be? Now, I've, I, that's the only time that's the only time I've ever seen it done that way because I don't believe... I don't believe that it happens that way all the time. For the most part, tongues is a gift that man does not understand. That's why it has to be interpreted. Okay, But there are miracles at times, like in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost, where it had no need of interpretation because it was a known language. At that particular time, the Holy Spirit decided to do a miracle where... Look, I had no idea what I was saying. I was shaking and trembling. I was just trying to get a tongue out. You know what I'm talking about? It, it ain't like I had something figured out. It just so happened that the people who heard it that knew Spanish said, man, that guy spoke in perfect Spanish. I mean, like he even had the accent to it. And, 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 and when you interpreted it, it was actually what he had said. And that's a miracle because we're talking about two rednecks, you know what I'm talking about, that don't know nothing in tongues interpretation. And, and so, so my point is, God can do some crazy stuff, amen, Now, what did that do for those two people? Those two people were questioning whether or not these things were real or not, but it just so happened that the Lord found two people that were willing to say, God, we'll do it. If you you open up to it, we'll we'll step into it. Now, you know, one of the things that I will say, if I have my preference, and I'll tell you what, this is the reason we do things like lab nights. This is the reason we do things like small groups. Because let me ask you this, and I probably shouldn't even ask it, but is Sunday morning the best time to operate in spiritual gifts? It's not the best time. It's really not. Matter of fact, when spiritual gifts were operating in, in, in the Bible, they were operating in house meetings, in, in smaller groups, about like this. They had, what they had was house churches that were about like this. And there are scholars that actually say that the Corinthian church, when it was first planted, was most likely made up of about 40 to 60 people, which is kind of about a group we got right here. And so they were meeting in houses, and what would happen is rather than a guy just getting up and preaching and teaching, God would use various people to teach, and He would use various people in tongues and interpretation and and, and all these things. But guess what? The church started to grow, and people were coming in, and when the people were coming in, when they were meeting, everybody was just speaking in tongues. And Paul had to come in and address that and say, hey, y'all, you can't... You understand that when all these people come in that don't know what's going on and every one of you all are speaking in tongues and there's really no order or structure to what's going on, they're going to actually say you're crazy. That's in the Bible. It's a verse in the Bible. They're going to say you're crazy because they don't get what's going on. And he said, now, tongues are good. He said, don't forbid anybody to speak in tongues. He said, matter of fact, I wish that all of you spoke in tongues. He said, but in the church, I would rather speak five words in a known language than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. So we'll get into that more as we, as we operate. But, but my point being is, Sunday morning sometimes we'll even experience tongues and interpretation. If I have my preferences, Sunday morning is not actually the best place for that. But I, won't, but I won't quench it on Sunday mornings. You understand what I'm saying? We still allow the Lord to have His way, but I tell everybody on Sunday mornings to be very sensitive to make certain that the Lord is leading you in this direction because we have certain parameters on Sunday mornings and and, and, and we even like it when people give prophetic words to people. We, I've heard of people on Sunday mornings giving prophetic words to people and they've come to me and share, told me what was shared with them and man it changed their life. It encouraged them. It strengthened them. So we want the gifts of the Spirit to be operating at all times. We want people healed on Sunday morning. We want prophetic words on Sunday morning but we have to be very careful and intentional about how we deliver those things on Sunday morning because you've people who have no idea and they don't come from the same background as you so you just have to be more careful pay more attention now in here you're free to mess up you know what i'm talking about we got a low-key group here you can step out and you can maybe even try something new and if you mess up we'll just say hey it's all right you get it next time It's, it's it's all good does that make sense you guys understand what i'm saying though right and you understand how important it is to understand and balance that too so we want to create and i'll even say this Spiritual gifts, obviously, things like tongues and interpretation, for example. Now, if we go into the grocery store and I see Jeremy on one side of the grocery store and I look at him and he just busts out a tongue and I'm over here waiting for the interpretation in the grocery store, you know what I'm saying? Probably not going to happen, is it? Because because there are certain gifts that are best among the body to edify the body. You did that in a grocery store and they say, boys, where's them guys go to church? We ain't going. You know what I'm saying? But on the other hand... Let's say we're in the grocery store and I look over and Jeremy is, is speaking with somebody and he, and he walks up to him and, he, and, he's, and he's just talking to him. And all of a sudden I hear him say, you know what, I just really feel like the Lord is impressing me to say this. And he wants to he wants to just tell you that. And he starts to give that person a word and all of a sudden that per, a, a tear starts to stream down that person's face. And, and, and Jeremy starts to pray for that person and maybe shares the gospel with them and talks to them about Jesus. And all of a sudden, he's ministering to them. That's powerful, isn't it? So we're using discernment on how the gifts of the Spirit are to operate and what is going to be the best in each particular situation. Now, somebody might say, well, there's never a time for tongues and interpretation. I beg the differ. Tongues and interpretation is in Scripture, and so I'm going to just go with God on that one. If he hadn't put it in there, I'd say, let's not worry about it. But I can tell you this, that night, that first night that it happened to me, it encouraged me and it encouraged everybody else that was in the room. Now, there are always, like I said, going to be people that just say, well, we don't know about that, we don't know about that. Well, they can keep on not knowing about it. They need to get into the Word of God and open their hearts to how the Spirit moves and what He's doing. I don't know. And and here's the thing. Here's the thing about other people. You know, most of our people, 99% of Christians in America... They go to church on Sundays, but they have no deep revelation of God. They've never experienced the true power of the Spirit in their lives. And sometimes the only way to crack that hard religious shell is something to rattle their cage a little bit and say, there's something beyond that you don't know about. And I'll just be honest with you. The first time I heard tongues and interpretation, it blew my mind. I about jumped up out of my seat. There was a lady not far from me that spoke in tongues and somebody else interpreted it. But do you know what happened to me? I was in sin. I was in bondage at that time. And it all of a sudden, it opened my spiritual senses. And I said, that was crazy. That was weird. I'm not sure if I want to do anything with that. But when I went home and began to think about it, I thought, boys, there's more going on than I know about spiritually. It awakens something in me. So let me tell you this: those of you that fear man more than you do God, I know, I know that came out a little bit harsh when I said it. But when something happens and you get afraid of whether or not that person got spooked or not, especially now if it's not of the spirit of God, we need to we, talk to leadership about it. Listen, if I think people are getting too out of hand, I'm going to go to them. We have before; we've had to go go to people before and say, "Look, you're getting too out of hand here." And sometimes they get mad and leave. But the point is there's we have got to maintain order and sometimes we got to judge stuff i've had to, there have been people who have given prophetic words in this church and I've heard about the word that went forth and I've went to them and I've said you better take that back you better go to that person you better apologize and you better correct that word now i'm ta- I'm talking about stuff where they start getting into specific stuff and details about the future and and just weird stuff okay people do that sometimes and we're going to correct that there there is Protocol, there's order, and we're not just gonna let everybody do anything they want and say anything they want and prophesy 20 people marrying the other 20. When people start prophesying that stuff, be careful. You know what I'm talking about? You start getting into very specific stuff, I wanna hear it. You know what I'm talking about? As a matter of fact, if you feel like you got a word for somebody and it's super mega specific, you need best best thing thing to do. Tina will do this sometimes. She, if she's got a word, she'll come over and grab me and say, I'm going to give, you know, give, 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 give so-and-so this word. Because she wants, she wants somebody else to, to listen to it, right? That's, that's perfectly fine to do. I'm not saying you've got to do that every single time you get a word. But, but, but if you are responsible and you're wondering and you question, man, maybe this is from God, maybe it's not. It's, it's just safe, To say, let me me submit this to you. I don't know for sure if it's the Lord, but I want to submit it to you and I want somebody else to just stand in and listen in and and hear what's going on, right? What's what's going on with this word? Does that make good sense? So so we we want to keep that. Now, Lord, children, I need notes to keep me harnessed. You know what I'm saying? So... The manifestation of the Spirit. Now, manifestation is going to happen in a variety of ways. Like I said, a lot of times the vocal gifts they'll manifest like with your heart beating out of your chest. How many have you ever felt that way? Now, a lot of times if you actually start seeking God and you say, God, use me to evangelize. I wanna I wanna minister the gospel to people. When I'm out in public, I wanna be able to share Jesus with people. A lot of times when you start doing that, sometimes, not all the time, you don't wait on it. You minister the to gospel to people regardless with every opportunity you get. But sometimes you'll just be in a public place not thinking about much and you'll look over at a person boom, and your heart will start beating. Y'all ever experienced that? Yeah. And that's the Holy Spirit. That's a manifestation of the Spirit. He doesn't always manifest like that. Sometimes He will manifest in like an overwhelming thought or He will manifest in an, imp- an impression or maybe even a, a, a feeling in your body. Maybe you'll feel fear come on you just and be like, where'd that come from? But it may be that somebody's dealing with fear. So the Spirit manifests in, in different ways, but that's one of the primary ways that He manifests. So I think probably we know most of the gifts, but let's, let's run through this. He says, for to one is given the word of wisdom. I tell you what, let me break it down differently. The first, the first set of gifts that we'll, 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 we'll talk about, are, 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 and he puts here sort of toward the top, but they're, they're sort of different, but, so I won't go directly in order. The first type of gifts is what we would call revelation gifts. And revelation, it means uh, the Greek word's apocalypse, means to take off the veil, to, to unveil. So it means it's something that you didn't know before that now all of a sudden you know. And he said, The one is given the word of wisdom. Now, this is something that you didn't know, but all of a sudden, regarding a situation in your life, or how you should deal with something, and it really might even pertain to something that is going to happen in the future, that all of a sudden, God just drops a nugget of wisdom into your spirit about how you are to, to approach something, or how you are to, to apply something, or how you're to move forward in this specific set of circumstances. Now, how many would appreciate that from the Holy Spirit? How many would have a bad situation and be like, Lord, I need wisdom, and all of a sudden, boom, he just drops a word of wisdom? Now, sometimes what you'll get is a word of knowledge for somebody that'll open their heart and you'll say, well, you know, the Lord has showed me that that maybe this is going on. And the person will be like, yeah, that's right. And then all of a sudden, he gives you a word of prophecy right after that to encourage them based on what is going on. And then he gives you a word of wisdom on here's the next step you should take. And if you're flowing, sometimes the Holy Spirit will just connect the dots on some of these things. You understand what I'm saying? And you just want to be open to him doing that. And, and just test those things. You know, the Bible says, I, I quoted it a while ago, First Thessalonians five eighteen and 19. It says, do not quench the spirit. If he's moving you, obey. You say, well, and, and sometimes when the Holy Spirit's moving you, I don't know if you're, if you're like me, my heart will start beating. And in my mind, I'll be like, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Y'all ever been like that? What you need to do is, first of all, tell that guy to shut up because you're not operating out of your soul. You're operating out of your spirit. And sometimes the best thing you can do is stop thinking. Man, that's a good word right there. That's why, honestly, before I came to preach this, I I told Honor, I said, I'm going to go in here and pray in the Spirit for a little while and try not to study anything because that way I won't think. And if I get in there, then the Holy Spirit can use me as He wants to and I won't think so much. And see, the gifts of the Spirit operate by faith. They don't operate by your understanding. Matter of fact, you're going to understand very little, but you'll feel this impression. And and most of the time when you are led out into this, the more you go into it, the more will flow out. And you may start out with just a nugget or just a word. And he may say, go talk to him about Jesus. And all of a sudden you start talking to him and you may even fumble on your words, the first sentence that comes out. But all of a sudden you'll catch a rhythm and it'll start pouring out like a river. I don't know why. That's just how God operates. He loves faith. And if you're going to prophesy or if you're going to operate in any of the gifts of the Spirit, it's going to be a step of faith for you because he's not going to give you everything up front. So the revelation, gift, word of wisdom, word of knowledge. You guys know this. It's, he may, he's going to give you specific information that you could not know about a person. It could be that they own a, a white cat. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying it, it could be anything. Right. And sometimes people get words of knowledge for things like healing and healing. Uh, you know, I got, I, I, like I said, I've had words of knowledge before where, where, where my ear, just all of a sudden my ears start ringing and hurting a little bit out of nowhere. And it turned out the person that I was looking at, they had they an had ear issue. Be sensitive to things like that. You may get a feeling. It's a revelation gift. Or it might just be in your mind. It's kind of like when, when we had, uh, Tim was his name from Chad's Hope, and a couple of people got that he had two daughters, just randomly. It's a, it's a, it's a word of knowledge. Turns out he had two daughters. But then we got a word of prophecy about his daughters and about their relationship. Turns out the night before he had been writing his two daughters a letter that he hadn't seen in three years. Isn't that amazing? You know how encouraging that was to him? Messed him up in a good way. And, and, and you just have to be sensitive to those things. You know, just the other day, I, I, was, I had John and Tyre on my mind Sunday morning. I just walked over to them, shared something very simple with them. But what it led to is a conversation between me and John later where the Lord was just wanting to encourage them. You know what I'm saying? And remind them how, 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 what, that he's called them for a specific purpose and that they don't have to feel. You know, just just little th- just being sensitive to that, that, that slight movement. It doesn't have to be the biggest thing in the world. But here's what I can promise you. Is this world and even people that are sitting right here tonight, you've been beat up. The world has told you all kinds of messed up stuff. People have been mean and you are depressed in your spirit and there is nothing like a word from God that's going to come and just lift your spirits once again and keep you strengthened so that tomorrow, instead of being down and self-centered, you can be God-focused and looking outward towards other people on how can I love people today? Because you're built up again. Somebody amen me on this, right? And so we need to be in tune with the spirit because of that because people are listening to the wrong voice and we need to be the voice of God. In our community and around us, so so you got the word of knowledge, you got the word of wisdom, and then you got discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits, um, it can it can it can manifest itself in different ways. Um, you guys ever walked into a room and 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 like you feeling pretty good, and then you walk into a room and it's just like maybe you uh, just like boom, you just feel something like oh I w- I was down at. Uh, I used to work at this place and counsel different people When I was teaching a class kind of like right now and there's about 20 people in the room and I just got, right at the end of it, I just got the weirdest feeling, almost like something was trying to punch me in the gut and I felt that feeling before and and it's usually, it's kind of like, to me, I just know it to be demonic. I couldn't put my finger on it, I just felt it and I was like, okay, there's the hairy devil in here trying to challenge me or something. And so I said... Hey, y'all, I want you to go over to this other building. I'm going to get some people together. And I got, some, I got some folks together because I didn't want to be the only one there. I wanted to have other people there. You always want to be safe. You want to have people to judge and make sure that what you're doing is okay and this and that. So I brought other people in. And I told them, I said, I'm going to pray over everybody in here right quick. And I started to pray a prayer and I got people to pray this prayer with me. And as we started praying it, all of a sudden, this girl boom, hit the floor, hit the ground. Her back went up and this demon manifested in her. And so we ministered to her over about the next 30 minutes. The Lord freed her, set her completely free. But what was going on? The Lord was making me aware that there's a young lady in here that's being demonized and I want to set free. And he allowed me to discern that evil spirit that was there. Now, a lot of times people will feel that stuff and think it's them. I must be sick, boys. (laughs) I got stomach virus. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You, you, you have to think in spiritual terms about these things. And, 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 and you've got to be open to that. And the Lord's going to teach you these things. You say, well, Clay, how in the world you go in there and do that? Listen, I'm telling you something. If you want to know how to do these things, you can't take a class on it. Now, there are going to be people who offer classes on it. Maybe we'll even do it one day. But you are going to have to go to the Lord and say, Lord, you've got to equip me. He'll send people in your life that'll help you. He'll give you understanding and knowledge that'll help you. There'll be encounters, and the Holy Spirit will train you, but the Holy Spirit is the teacher, okay? You understand what I'm saying? So how did I, how did I learn how to get into that stuff? I don't know. I just kept asking God, help me God, help me Lord, help me Jesus. And the Holy Spirit taught me day after day after day. He sent people in my life that would teach me. He sent books even that were helpful. He'll send these different things and he'll even give you something like this, right? This is here to equip people. And we're gonna go deeper and deeper and deeper and we're gonna continue to grow so that every one of us, when we get out there, if we discern something, every one of us is gonna be equipped to set people free. Amen. That's the goal. of the. I want a church full of people that don't just listen on Sunday morning. I want a church full of people that when they're out in public, the demonized get set free, the sick get healed, the depressed get encouraged, that people are strengthened, people are saved, people are set free because the body of Christ is ministering out into the world. And that's, that's God's vision. That's what he, it's not what Clay wants, it's what he wants. So that's what we need to move into. So you've got, you got that, discerning of spirits. Then you got, you've got the power gifts. You've got the gifts of healings, the working of miracles, and the gift of faith. Now, those are pretty self-explanatory. Gifts, plural, of healing. See, when people have the gift of healing, it's not like they just have this person. Let me, and let me, let me clarify that. I don't know that I believe that anybody can really say I have the gift of this or that. Um, and, and the reason being is because these, these manifestation gifts are given to individuals as the Spirit wills. So my point being is, even if God uses me, say, in interpretation of tongues a lot, I can't just do that anytime I want to. Because there have been many times that people have given messages in tongues and I've not had the interpretation. So it's not a gift that I get to use as I will. It's a gift that is used as the Spirit wills, okay? So, And He can use you in any nine of those gifts anytime He wants to. And you can't go to a sick person and say, well, you know, I can't pray for you. I've got the gift of prophecy. You know what I'm saying? The gift of prophecy probably ain't going to help them at that point. You need to be open to the Spirit using you in any of the nine gifts as He wills, whatever He needs to do. Now, there are people who function primarily because you're going to go when you're going to read in 1 Corinthians 12 toward the end of the chapter. And it's going to say, hey, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all speak in tongues. And it's rhetorical trying to say, no, not not everybody operates in these gifts. But here's what I want you to understand is that everybody can. Speak in tongues in one sense, if they choose to. And you know, somebody, somebody the, the question that I get a lot is, well, you know, I, I just feel like people who speak in tongues, they feel like they're better or they got something that we don't got. If, if, somebody, if somebody expresses that to you, they're operating in it wrongly. Because I can tell you this right now, just because I speak in tongues doesn't make me any better than the person who doesn't. Matter of fact, it's something, I say it like this, it's not, it's not that you have to speak in tongues, it's that you get to. It's a gift that helps make me better, but it certainly doesn't make me any better than you just because I have it. It edifies me and it builds me up, but it doesn't make me a better person. And all of these gifts, you've got to understand, all of these gifts. How many of y'all have ever heard the term charismatic? You've heard it? Well, now, in, in the secular world, charismatic just means that you, you have personality and you, you're attractive and you draw people. He's a very charismatic person, you know. <laughs> But biblically, it's a biblical term and, it, and charismatic. If you have a charismatic church, it means that they believe in the spiritual gifts. Because when it says the gifts in Scripture, it's literally charismata. And what it is, charis is the word grace. Mata is the word gifts. So you have grace gifts. Some people will come to me and be like, I don't believe in that, boys, because I know that woman. And she's down there speaking in tongues. And I know what she's like. I know what she was in her past. Can I tell you this? That the gifts are not given based on merit. They're given based on grace. That means he will use the most crazy and insane person that you could possibly think of sometimes to give, and use them in the gift of the Spirit. Why? Because they've, they've turned from their sin. They've received the Holy Spirit. They still may be rough around the edges. They still may not have it all together. But that does not mean that the Holy Spirit will not use them because if they desire to be used, God will use them. He spoke to a donkey one time, folks. He'll use some messed up people. So you don't get to sit back and judge people because God uses them in the gifts of the Spirit. It doesn't make them better than you. It just makes them open. Just makes them more willing to be used. He's not waiting for people to be perfect. He's waiting for people to be obedient. It's a grace gift. And so you got those gifts. You got healing, various gifts of healing. And sometimes you'll get a manifestation. I've heard of people say their hands get hot. I don't know. I'll be honest with you. The only time I've ever seen people healed, I about didn't feel anything. I just decided they're sick, and I'm gonna pray for them. I don't know how to operate. You know, you know what I'm saying? So, so maybe there are people. I've heard of people that function in a, in a legitimate gift of healing, like they just sense that there's a healing spirit in the room, and they want to pray. They they feel compelled to pray for people because it's evident. But see, there's also gifts of healing. Just because healing is operating, it doesn't necessarily mean that everything that you come into contact with is going to get healed. You understand what I'm saying? I've seen people healed in cert- of certain things and, and I prayed for a lot of people in other areas and it didn't get healed. The point is we need to earnestly desire and contend for breakthrough in those areas. So you got healing, then you got miracles. And miracles, sometimes that in- in- includes casting out devils. Jesus walked on water. He, he, he fed multitudes. You know, there's, there's different miracles that take place, and we want to be open to that. And a lot of times, sometimes healing is progressive. You can pray for healing. And here's the thing I would say about healing. It's just because it doesn't happen when you pray for it once, keep praying. Minister, it like, minister prayer like medicine. You take medicine every day, don't you? Who, whoever took medicine and took it the first time and looked at their body and went, ha, didn't work. You know what I'm saying? No, you, t- you keep taking it every day. You keep taking it every day because the medicine takes time. And sometimes in our prayers, because we're dealing with spiritual realities and spiritual warfare, continue to pray. Now miracles often will happen instantly. Healing does not always happen instantly. Um, so then you got the gift of faith, and it's 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 the gift where you just are supercharged with this knowing that even though it's impossible naturally, you know that God's going to move on it and based on your knowing that God is going to move on it, you take a step and an action, whether you speak to something or whether you just say, I know it's going to happen, and you embrace it and you receive it, and it causes a transformation in the natural realm because you just believe it. Y'all ever been in that situation where something just... this is impossible, but I just feel good about it. (laughs) Man, give me that every day, God. I take the gift of faith every day if you'll give it to me. And then lastly, you got the vocal gifts, right? So you got revelation gifts, power gifts, and then you got vocal gifts. And those vocal gifts are tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Now, we already did a big lesson on prophecy, so I won't get into that a whole lot. Try not to anyway. Um, everybody good? I know this is a lot of teaching, but I feel like... So, with, with this stuff, I feel like it's just so much that you've got to just kind of dump a lot of it so you can kind of go home and digest it and think through it. And I know there's going to be a lot of questions. And I want you to write those questions down because we need to process through some of this stuff and and, and think through some of this stuff. But tongues and interpretation of tongues. Now, what people got to understand is it says, well, do all speak in tongues? No, not all speak in tongues in the same way that not all are apostles or teachers. Can everybody speak in tongues? Well, Paul said, I wish that you all spoke with tongues. But it seems like he's talking about a couple of different things. And I'll say it like this. Not all speak with tongues in the way that it is a manifestation gift for somebody to interpret in a public assembly. What I've noticed is that even in this church, really there's probably about maybe four people or five that that I've seen operate in tongues more regularly in a way for it to be interpreted. Okay? Okay. Now I speak in tongues all the time. But the Lord has not used me in a manifestation gift of tongues to be interpreted in a long time. So so there's a difference there, isn't there? There's a gift where you're in you're you're in a group and the spirit of God manifests on you and a tongue comes and 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 you need to give that tongue so that it'll 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 get the attention of the other people. And then and then you stop and then at the same time, God is going to be moving on somebody for the interpretation. And that person steps out. And the interpretation is the equivalent to prophecy. But more times than not, it is a prophecy directed at the corporate body, even though I've seen it directed at an individual. I, there was a woman that I used You know, do I all speak with tongues? It's almost like there are certain people that God sort of places them in, in like an office of tongues. See, there's an. I'll say it like this. Not all have the office of prophet... But do you know that Paul said all may prophesy one by one? So not all are prophets, no. But all may prophesy one by one. Now this dude functions as a prophet, but these people over here, they just get a word of prophecy for people randomly on certain occasions. They don't function in it as a daily office, but every now and then the gift will manifest in their lives and they're able to be used in it. Not everybody functions in the office of tongues, but these people over here pray in tongues a lot. Does that make sense? Okay. And it's the same way with teachers. There's some people that are called just to teach. And some people uh, there are other people that can teach, but they're not functioning in the office of a teacher. There's a difference. I mean, we, we got people that in here that can teach very well, but that doesn't mean that God's called them to that that particular office. Um so so you've got you've got these gifts and you've got tongues interpretation of tongues. Now let's let, let's look at this. There's really, there's really three different types because, you know, and people who want to argue about tongues all the time, they they all got the same arguments, and it's all good. Um, But the first one they'll say is, well, you know, I read in Scripture that uh, Acts chapter two, they're speaking in known languages, and the stuff that I hear is just, oh, the same syllables over and over again. It's just a bunch of hogwash. And you know, they've got, they've got that kind of attitude about it, and uh, and that's okay. But here's what you got to understand is that there is a type of a tongue that actually says in in, in 1 Corinthians 14 that it's assigned to unbelievers. Now, what was that? In the book of Acts, they spoke in a tongue that was a known language. It happens sometimes. I've seen it happen very rarely, but I I know God wants to do it. And a lot of times you don't have a bunch of... uh, Nine times out of ten, how many languages you got people speaking in Clay County? How many people are multilingual? Like one, you know what I'm saying? There's some people up here at the Mexican restaurant, they speak in Spanish. That's about it. That's about all we got. So that's, that's all I've seen in this area. But you get out into other areas, you hear about that happening more and more. Um, so, but, then, but then there's another gift of tongues. Now notice this. This can't be the same gift because in 1 Corinthians 14, notice what it says. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. What? So there's a tongue that I'm actually not speaking to men. I'm speaking to God. And then he says, for no one understands him. So if no one understands him, what difference does it make if you don't understand my two-syllable hogwash? You ain't supposed to understand it. He says, no one understands him. Notice, however, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. Right? But he who... Pro- he, he, who But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Now notice this, and I said this the other day. I was in a prayer meeting and I was like, Lord, I have prayed so much here recently that I'm prayed out, my mind's fried. And the Lord said, well, that's why I gave you tongues, son. Pray in the Spirit. And he said, oh, Clay, I don't know about this praying in the Spirit stuff. 1 Corinthians 14, 14, if you'll notice. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. Now, praying in tongues, notice this every gift of the spirit is as the spirit wills, but when you're talking about praying in a tongue or praying in the spirit, what does he say? He says, I will pray. It's the only gift that God gives to you that happens as you will. You guys with me? I know that's hard for people because you grow up in church and it's like they teach you that every time you speak in tongues, man, you just got to be overtaken. And and that's just not necessarily the truth. The gift of tongues to pray. And notice this. How many of y'all ever heard me pray in tongues? I mean, a couple of you have, but most of you probably haven't. You know why? Because it's not for you. It's for me. It's to build myself up. So I'm going to spend the majority of my time praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, privately. Why? Because you won't understand me, but God will because in the Spirit, I'm uttering mysteries unto God. And when I do that, I'm I'm, I'm telling you, for me... I literally get done in a season of just praying in tongues and I feel edified. I feel built up. I have had things come to my mind, images, people, sermons, all kinds of different things that come to my mind. And it's like I'm ready to pour out on somebody because I'm built up. So what's he saying? He said, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. He who prophesies edifies the church. What's happening Paul is saying in private, I'm going to speak in tongues and build myself up. And then in public, I'm going to prophesy and build the church up because now I'm built up. But most people come into the church and they're not built up. They're pressed down. They're under burdens. They're depressed. They're not joyful. And they are so pushed down that they're hoping somebody else will edify them rather than them being edified enough to edify others. Man, I wish everybody would get edified. I think that's why Paul said in the next verse, in verse 5, I wish you all spoke with tongues. Why? Because he knows if all of you all did it privately, you'd come in so edified that you'd be pouring out on everybody else rather than being a, be a vacuum waiting on somebody else pouring into you. That's a good word right there. I wish you all did, he said. He said, if I pray in an unknown tongue, he said, my understanding is unfruitful. I don't even know what I'm saying. He says, what is it then? He says, I'll pray in the Spirit and I'll pray with my understanding. I'll pray from the Spirit, and I'll also pray with my soul. And I can mix both in together. He said, I'll also sing with my understanding. When we come in here and we sing, we sing with our understanding, don't we? So we know what we're singing about. But he says there's also a time that you can actually break over and sing in the Spirit. And you don't know what you're singing, but you know that you're just singing love songs to the Lord. And in the Spirit He's receiving it. And you're building your communion with Him. And guess what you're doing? You're actually identifying that place in you where the Holy Spirit dwells so that you can learn to flow in the Spirit more. And what you'll notice is when God speaks to you, what do we talk about? The word prophecy in the Old Testament is naba. It means to bubble up. And when, it, when God speaks to you, it's going to be like an impression in your mind that comes from your spirit so when you're praying in the spirit what are you doing you're connecting with that place where the holy spirit lives so now your mind can become a blank canvas for him to just throw a thought up does this make good sense i know it's a heavy i know it's heavy and and you say well but but how do i do it i'd say ask god i don't want to teach you you know what i'm saying i asked god it took me a while to figure stuff out but but the spirit taught me and he finally moved my carnal mind out of the way and he led me into it. And, and, and just, just go to God for these things. I'm teaching you, but ultimately I can't give you like, hey, say say should have bought a Honda twice and then you'll just start flowing in it. That, no, that ain't how it's done. You, you learn to flow with the Spirit yourself and uh, should have bought a Honda. Oh, man. Brian Colville says, spell Eddie real fast. (laughs) E-D-D-I-E. Somebody said, what's, this is blasphemy. (laughs) You know, I, you know, I believe that the Lord is playful. You know, we're made in his image and some of the best times we have is when we're just playing and having fun and cutting up. And I believe that when he was creating the world, he was just, he was just sort of being playful and he was just having a good time. He wasn't up there like real rigid and serious. Man, we've got to make these trees just right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I just don't feel like the Lord was that way. And if you can't have a joke every now and then, then you have missed the heart of God because because all that serious religious tightness, man, is not the Lord. He's a joyful father. He likes to have fun. And I bet sometimes when we speak in tongues, he giggles a little bit. I mean, I guarantee he does. He's like, yeah, look at there. I made him speaking tongues again. I don't know. That's just sort of the way I feel about him. Obviously, he's pretty serious when it comes to some serious stuff, but he, we're made in his image, man. He gets enjoyment out of these things. The Lord is in a good mood. He's enjoying this right now. He's just smiling and sitting back and being like, I like this. My, my children are just kind of talking about me, and I'm going to use them and and, and they're getting excited about the things of God. And I just love them so much. And, and that's just sort of his heart, isn't it? And, and that's, that's what he wants. He wants you to be edified. He wants you to be built up so that you can just do it. And you know, when you start getting in the gifts of the Spirit, to take all that. Sometimes Now, there's, there is a time to be serious. Sometimes things are very serious. But a lot of times, when you approach people in love and a, and a hearted spirit and joy, they're, they're much more open to receiving it. And I believe a lot of times that's the heart of, heart of the Father, to disarm people. When you come in, there all rigid and serious and stuff and religious man that can probably not necessarily represent the heart of the father all the time now there's a time to be serious there's a time for those things but but i believe god's playful i believe he wants to he wants to speak to us in those ways so we've got all these gifts right let me think if i need to cover anything else right if i just need to get out of this We've taught on it for a while. You know, it talks about in the church, he says, now if if somebody speaks in tongues, he says, let it be two or three at the most and then let another interpret, right? He said, you may all prophesy one by one. He says, but the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. In other words, notice this. You're not going to lose control you can have a word and not have to put it forth immediately. That's why sometimes we encourage people, especially if like, they're, like, they're like they're wondering if, is this a good time to deliver this? Just come and let, let somebody on the pastoral team know. Say, hey, I got a word, I think. Is it a good time? And we'll let you know if it's a good time or not. Um, you, you, you want to be open to that. He said, let two or three... Speak in tongues at the most, and he said, "Let another interpret." And he said, "If there is no interpreter, he said, then let that person remain silent in church." So don't just, you know, start blurting out in tongues for just for the sake of just blurting out. You know what I am saying? I mean, it needs to be it needs to be orderly. It needs to be uh, it needs to be controlled to some degree. And and, it, and in a church, it needs to be interpreted if it's gonna if it's gonna come forth. Now, it's possible that it could happen, and there is no interpretation. You know what people <gasps> people come to. You. <laughs> That's supposed to be interpreted, brother. I'm like, l- l- chill out a little bit. I mean, you know, we, we missed it. It's okay. Is it, is it okay to mess up you all? Yeah. Point me to the person who didn't. He went to the cross, okay? He's, he's ascended into heaven. There's only one. So you're, it's okay. We can mess up. These are grace gifts, and, and there's grace involved. He says, you may all prophesy one by one, but the Spirit's subject to the prophets. He says, so, so you're in control and, and when it comes out, tongues and interpretation, interpretation is not a translation. Somebody said, well, you know that person spoke in tongues way longer than they gave that word. Can't be the same. That's not what it's about. The tongue is more or less an indicator, hey, y'all, I'm the Lord and I'm ready to speak something. That's that's all it is. And then the interpretation is not a translation, it's a person that is communicating the overall essence of what they feel like the spirit is saying. And because the spirit is subject to the prophets, if I give a word, it will sound very similar, but if Justin gives that same word, it will be different in how it is delivered why? Because we have different spirits. We have different minds. We have different personalities, and the Spirit is flowing through us. So the essence will be the same, but how it's delivered may be slightly different. The wording on it may be slightly different. Maybe, maybe Justin just recently studied some big words in the dictionary, and the Holy Spirit decides to use those because they're in his mind. You understand what I'm saying? I say, well, you know, Clay gave that word, and it was different. There's a couple words off. Man, I love, I love the, the gifts, police, don't you? Anybody we got any gifts police in here? Well I, I hope that I've disarmed everybody. Is it everybody feel good? Let me let me ask you this. I know it's 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 uh, it's 745, so I want to get into the to the meat of it here and we'll start moving and some stuff. But real quick, just I'll give you about 15 seconds. Are there any questions? Anybody just have a question that they just need to ask? And, and if it's something that you're like, well, I don't know, you can write it down, you can ask me later. But if it's something that you just feel like is right on the edge. Everybody good? Well, praise the Lord, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take about a two or three minute little little quiet segment. We're just going to let the Lord speak to us. Now, here's what I know. The Holy Spirit's already been moving. Have, let me ask you this. Has anybody just sort of felt just you've been more aware of God's presence sitting in here tonight? Anybody you just sort of sense that? A couple of you, yeah. So, so we just want to be open to him. We're going to take two or three minutes. If you've got pen and paper, you can write something down. But here's what I want you to do. I just want you to be open and say, Lord, what are, what are you speaking? What are you speaking to me? What are you speaking to anybody else in general? What do you want to say? Is there somebody you want me to pray for? And just just be open and, and just see if he gives you anything and be open to whatever that might be. Say, Lord, is there a way that you'd like to use me? Is there a way you'd like me to build somebody up or encourage somebody? And here's the thing, I don't want anybody to feel pressured. I'm not going to call anybody out and force anybody to do anything because it's not for me to do. That's the Holy Spirit's job. And again, he doesn't force anybody, so you're free. I'm going to put some music on and then we'll just wait wait a couple minutes.